Last week, Bishop Athanasius Schneider laid out an apocalypse scenario regarding forced global vaccines derived from aborted babies. It was likely missed because of the presidential debates, the president and the first lady contracting coronavirus, his going to the hospital. But we're going to unpack that on today's episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Before we begin, I want to thank many of you who joined us in supporting the work of LifeSite News during our fundraiser, which ended just last week. Without you, we could not do this work. You're part of the team. You're with us on the front lines of this battle for faith, life, family, and freedom. May God bless you. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Bishop Athanasius Schneider told LifeSite that should there be a mandatory global vaccine for coronavirus derived from cell lines from aborted babies, and I quote, then we will enter into the time of the apocalypse, end quote. He explained it this way. He said, and I quote, maybe I'm wrong, but I have the suspicion that partly this COVID situation was created not only to implement a new dictatorship and control of the population, but in some way to legalize abortion globally, the killing of unborn babies, so that the entire planet will be collaborating in the process of killing babies through the vaccine, which will use parts of aborted babies. The vaccine will be imposed and obligatory so that you cannot work, travel, go to school without it, obliging the entire population to receive the vaccine. But the only vaccine will be that made with cells from aborted babies. Perhaps they will not accept other vaccines and they will lie saying that these are not effective, that the only effective vaccine will be from aborted babies. I am not affirming now this will happen, but it is my suspicion, he says. He adds, it appears to me realistic that this could come. And then he adds, this is for me the last step of Satanism that Satan and the world government, ultimately the Masonic world government, will oblige all, even the church, to accept abortion in this way. And therefore, we must resist very strongly against this if it comes. We must even accept to be martyrs. Let me just repeat that last bit he said. And therefore, we must resist very strongly against this if it comes we must even accept to be martyrs. Wow. Are we ready for this? The only preparation that can be made to ensure that we can be ready for this is to be in the state of grace, with fervent prayer, with the sacraments, with penance. But it's after he says this that Bishop Snyder comes to the most grievous part, he says, and I quote, Unfortunately, some bishops, even good bishops and priests, are already presenting what for me is a sophism in justifying that you can accept this vaccine from aborted babies according to moral principles. A sophism, by the way, is a 
defined as, quote, a clever but false argument, especially one used deliberately to deceive, end quote. So Bishop Snyder is saying that some bishops, even good ones, are, quote, making a huge explanation to me in a sophistic manner of the principle of moral cooperation only without your will, without your consent. But this is, for me, he continues, a sophism which cannot be applied to this concrete case because it is evident to simple common sense that when you know this, the vaccine is from aborted babies, then you cannot apply this moral principle or theory to this concrete case. And therefore, we have to be very careful not to be induced into error because of this sophistic argument, even when it comes from good traditional priests. This is the danger, and we have to resist this, end quote. And so this is truly the case. All over the world today, we have the vast majority of bishops pushing for a vaccine regardless of whether or not it is derived using the cell lines of aborted babies. As LifeSite has reported, the whole Bishops' Conference of England and Wales has stated that Catholics have a prima facie duty to be vaccinated, referring to a vaccine for coronavirus. And I'll quote it for you. The Catholic Church strongly supports vaccination and regards Catholics as having a prima facie duty to be vaccinated, not only for the sake of their own health, but also out of solidarity with others, especially the most vulnerable. This was released on July 30th this year. They added, we believe that there is a moral obligation to guarantee the vaccination coverage necessary for the safety of others. This is especially important for the discovery of a vaccine against COVID-19. End quote. So it's crazy. It's the whole Bishops' Conference of England and Wales, but it, it's not only them. There's bishops all over the world doing this, cardinals as well. In fact, uh, Cardinal Blaise Supich of Chicago was on a commercial showing himself getting a vaccine to encourage this type of thing. The corrupted Vatican Pontifical Academy for Life actually put out a document in 2017 already, which claims there is a, quote, moral obligation to guarantee the vaccination coverage necessary for the safety of others, end quote. It adds that all clinically recommended vaccinations can be used with a clear conscience and that the use of such vaccines does not signify some sort of cooperation with voluntary abortion, end quote. On the other hand, in an open letter published in May, several Catholic cardinals and bishops, led by Papal, former papal nuncio Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano and Cardinals Gerhard Müller, uh, Cardinal Joseph Zen, Cardinal Yanis Pujats, they said, and I quote, for Catholics, it is morally unacceptable to develop or use vaccines derived from material from aborted fetuses, end quote. Additionally, at the May 2020 Rome Life Forum, Cardinal Raymond Burke said, and I quote, it must be clear that it is never morally justified to develop a vaccine through the use of the cell lines of aborted fetuses, end quote. He added that forced vaccines violate the integrity of citizens. In the wake of the statement from the UK bishops encouraging uh, anyone to take uh, a vaccine, uh, in fact, with a moral obligation to take one, Bishop uh, Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, reiterated his opposition to vaccines created using cell lines from aborted babies. He said, and I quote, I renew my call that we reject any vaccine that is developed using aborted children. He added, even if it originated decades ago, it still means a child's life was ended before it was born, and then their body was used as spare parts. We will never end abortion if we do not end this evil, 
he said. At LifeSite, more than 870,000 people have signed a petition calling on governments around the world not to make the coronavirus vaccines mandatory. So we now have the scenario of cardinals against cardinals and bishops against bishops that was predicted by the approved vision of Our Lady to Sister Agnes Sasagawa in Akita, Japan. On October 13, 1973, Our Lady told Sister Sasagawa, and I quote, The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals and bishops against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres. Churches and altars will be sacked. The church will be full of those who accept compromises, and the demon will press many priests and consecrated souls to leave the service of the Lord. But corruption in the hierarchy was actually predicted from the beginning of the church. In Acts, St. Luke writes, and I quote, I know that after my departure, ravening wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And of your own selves, that is speaking to the bishops, and of your own selves shall arise men speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. End quote. That's Acts 20, 29 to 30. Bishop Schneider did hope that his scenario of a forced global vaccine using aborted baby cells in its manufacture would not come to pass. He said, quote, but I hope that this will not come at a global level. When this does come, then we will enter into the time of the apocalypse. Let me read that again. He said, and I quote, but I hope that this will not come at a global level. When this does come, we will enter into the time of the apocalypse. He added, In a time of apocalypse, of which we already now have some signs, we must invoke evermore the angels, St. Michael the Archangel, and the message of Our Lady of Fatima that is becoming ever more timely and necessary. End quote. And at such times, the lay faithful are often left wondering, well, what can we do? We're, we're facing insanity from the bishops and cardinals and even the Pope. But we've actually been given an answer. That answer actually came in response to LifeSite reporter Stephen Cox asking Archbishop Vigano in an open letter that was published over at uh, Catholic Family News. You know, one of my most cherished privileges in my nearly quarter of a century at LifeSite News has been giving my voice to Archbishop Vigano. This courageous soldier for Christ, who apart from praying the rosary with us recently, has never spoken in public, but gives his counsel only in letters and interviews. So I will conclude this talk with his words. Archbishop Vigano said, and I quote, We cannot judge our pastors for their intentions, nor suppose that all of them are corrupt in faith and morals. On the contrary, we can hope that many of them, hitherto intimidated and silent, will understand, as confusion and apostasy continue to spread, the deception to which they have been subjected and will finally shake off their slumber. There are many laity who are raising their voice. Others will necessarily follow, together with good priests, certainly present in every diocese. This awakening of the church militant, I would dare to call it almost a resurrection, is necessary, urgent, and inevitable. 
No son tolerates his mother being outraged by the servants or a father being tyrannized by the administrator of his goods. The Lord offers us in these painful situations the possibility of being his allies in fighting this holy battle under his banner. The king who is victorious over error and death permits us to share the honor of triumphal victory and of the eternal reward that derives from it after having endured and suffered with him. But in order to deserve the immortal glory of heaven, we are called to rediscover in an emasculated age devoid of values such as honor, faithfulness to one's word, and heroism, a fundamental aspect of the faith of every baptized person. The Christian life is a militia. With the sacrament of confirmation, we are called to be soldiers of Christ under whose insignia we must fight. Of course, in most cases, it is essentially a spiritual battle. But over the course of history, we have seen how often, faced with the violation of the sovereign rights of God and the liberty of the Church, it was also necessary to take up arms. We are taught this by the strenuous resistance to repel the Islamic invasions in Lepanto and on the outskirts of Vienna, the persecution of the Cristeros in Mexico, of Catholics in Spain, and even today, by the cruel war against Christians throughout the world. Never, as today, can we understand the theological hatred coming from the enemies of God inspired by Satan. The attack on everything that recalls the cross of Christ, on virtue, the good and the beautiful, on purity, must spur us to get up in a leap of pride in order to claim our right not only to be persecuted by our external enemies, but also, and above all, to have strong and courageous pastors, holy and God-fearing, who will do exactly what their predecessors have done for centuries, preach the gospel of Christ, convert individuals and nations, and expand the kingdom of the living and true God throughout the world. The faithful laity today have a sacred task to comfort good priests and good bishops, gathering like sheep around their shepherds. Give them hospitality, help them, console them in their trials, Create a community in which murmuring and division do not predominate, but rather fraternal charity in the bond of faith. And since, in the order established by God, subjects owe obedience to authority and cannot do otherwise than to resist it when it abuses its power, no fault will be attributed to them for the infidelity of their leaders, on whom rests the very serious responsibility for the way in which they exercise the vicarious power which has been given to them. We must not rebel, but oppose. We must not be pleased with the errors of our pastors, but pray for them and admonish them respectfully. We must not question their authority, but the way in which they use it. The Archbishop concludes, I am certain, with a certainty that comes to me from faith, that the Lord will not fail to reward our fidelity after, after having punished us for the faults of the men of the Church, granting us holy priests, holy bishops, holy cardinals, and above all, a holy pope. But these saints will arise from our families, from our communities, from our churches. 
families, communities, and churches in which the grace of God must be cultivated with constant prayer, with the frequenting of Holy Mass and the sacraments, with the offering of the sacrifices and penances that the communion of saints permits us to offer to the Divine Majesty in order to expiate our sins and those of our brethren, including those who exercise authority. The laity have a fundamental role in this, guarding the faith within their families in such a way that our young people, who are educated in love and in the fear of God, may one day be responsible fathers and mothers, but also worthy ministers of the Lord, his heralds in the male and female religious orders, and his apostles in civil society. The cure for rebellion is obedience. The cure for heresy is faithfulness to the teaching of tradition. The cure for schism is filial devotion for the sacred pastors. The cure for apostasy is love for God and His Holy Mother. The cure for vice is the humble practice of virtue. The cure for corruption of morals is to live constantly in the presence of God. But obedience to God cannot be perverted into stolid servility. Respect for authority cannot be perverted into the obeisance of the court. And let us not forget that if it is the duty of the laity to obey their pastors, it is even more a grave duty of the pastors to obey God. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. Hello, this is John Henry Weston. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already.